On Wednesday morning, I uh, had the legacy of Dave Thompson's work at Forge. Um, he put together a kind of a, a journey for the uh, the pupils uh, in Forge and Rosetta, and they kind of come around and walk around South Belfast and go to Orange Halls and uh, all kinds of different places, and one of those places is here. And so I had um, a bubbly little group. That drum kit has never been beaten just as hard as it was on Wednesday morning, but what they do in the end is they do this interview with me. Very professional indeed. Paul Clark would be very impressed. Um, you get these questions ahead of time, they video it, and the kids come up and P7 children grill you. And uh, they were great questions. One of them I'm going to start the next session meeting with and the today's sermon. The very last question was, what do you want to achieve as a church? Wow. What do you want to achieve as a church? I was glad I had a few hours to think about that before they asked the question. And I stumbled on an answer, some of which you'll hear this morning. But it actually was a great question to lead us into the passage that Neil has read and that Rachel has already opened up for us in the children's talk. If you're looking for what a church should want to achieve, then Luke 5 is as good a place to start as any. But not just Luke 5, you understand, but what Luke 5 is leading into. So let us do what we've wonderfully been doing in our um, Old Testament books uh, on Sunday nights in the Alexander Hall over these last few months that Kim will be doing next Sunday night. Let's just for a moment take ourselves um, above the context of, of what Neil has, prayed, has read for us. Just take ourselves up a little bit above the text so that we see what Luke is not so much what he's been doing already, although that, that is important, but where he's going to take this story of Jesus. And remember, Luke takes it further than Matthew and Mark and John, because Luke wrote the Acts of the Apostles as well as the Gospel according to himself. So what we have here is we have this moment of beginnings. It is certainly the beginnings of Peter's ministry. And I thought actually the video did really well in kind of trying to weave the gospel stories together because Andrew was there when John the Baptist said, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world and then did go back to tell Peter, look, I think we might have uh, met the Messiah. Of course, he was Simon at that time, but let's not get confused with names. And then there's this moment of conversion and it's almost like Isaiah's moment of conversion. It's uh, this moment where they meet the full extent of who God is in a very tangible way that throws them to their knees and says, goodness, we are of unclean lips among a people of unclean lips and we have just experienced something that is beyond us. We have met with God. This is certainly the beginning for Peter of something amazing. But if we read Luke and then Acts, you remember when we did through the New Testament a few years ago and we read it through Lent and we did it in chronological order rather than the order we have it and we went from Luke into Acts? That was quite a, a fascinating moment for us, I think. And, um, and so that's what we want to do for just a second to see that the Peter that Luke's talking about here in Luke chapter 5 is the Peter not only that he bases most of his gospel uh, around Jesus' Uh, chapter 9 
um, where we have that confession of who do you say that I am, right through to Acts chapter 2 and on into the first parts of Acts to Cornelius. Peter that we find here in Luke 5 is one of the main characters, if not outside of Jesus, the main character until we find Paul later on in the Acts of the Apostles. This is not just Peter's life starting afresh here. This is the church starting here. This is this new community of radical, ragamuffin outsiders who are going to follow this new, strange, upside-down teaching in first century, the first century world. So, is there anything here that might tell us if this is the beginning of the church as a community, what we should be achieving. Well, it tells us, and I'll go very quickly here because I want to get us into the water, not literally, you understand. Now, you see, if our old assistant Jonathan had said that, you'd have thought, oh dear, we could be in the water, but no, you're not with me. Um, what, we, what we find out here is, this is the church starting. Who is the authority that starts the church? Jesus is the authority that starts the church. It's Jesus, it's the word made flesh, it's God in a boat, God man in a boat, who does something here with Peter, and Jesus is the authority. Jesus is the one on the throne, if you like, if we want to link this with Isaiah chapter 6. But who's going to do the work of the church? Jesus is going back to heaven at the start of the second part of Luke's uh, sequel. Um, So who's going to do it when Jesus leaves? Well, the Holy Spirit, yes, but these people. The church starts right here. And what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Well, they're going to be fishers of people. Now, we're going to find out all kinds of other things. But actually, the bottom line is, that's what we're about. And it's a really good bottom line to say this. We are about people. We are about people. Now, forgive me, and you know my bias. But he didn't say to them, you're going to become fishers of theology or thoughts or worship songs or write books. The key at the outset of this and that we will see it the whole way through what Luke tells us about Jesus in the early church is about people. And actually I think Charles Ringmo when I was at Regent College used to or said every morning for the two weeks I did his mission course, mission is the mother of theology. If ever you want to know how that works out biblically, it's Luke and the Acts of the Apostles. They didn't come up with a theology straight away and then go out and talk about that theology. They went out and they caught people, and as they caught people, all these dilemmas came that they went back into their theology seminars and tried to work out the dilemmas because the people came first. We're going to be fishers of people. And if the church ever loses the fact that people are first, then I think we might get into a bit of a mess. That had nothing to do with what I had in the sermon, but it comes out of here and it needs to be said. Here's the thing that intrigued me this week in one of the commentaries I read. And and let me get this right because it was one of the commentaries I read and it's not explicitly right in the text, but it is in the text. So let me go with it. And I don't think it's heresy. This commentator looked at that moment where they threw the nets back into the sea and suggested that they threw the nets 
into the depths of the sea to catch these fish. And into the depths of the sea, the commentator said, into the deep chaos of the water. And that that was a symbol of a church throwing themselves into the deep chaos of our world. Now what intrigues me about that is that you could see therefore the beginning of the church in Luke chapter 5, a little like the beginning of the world where out of the chaos God created the world. Here in the chaos of the water, I know it's about fish, but the symbolic idea of that for Peter is that you will be fishers of people that you are going to out of the chaos of a broken dark world recreate a community who will be redeemed. So in the light of that, just for a moment or two, let me take you through the week that's been. Last Sunday night, if you got in, and I'm aware some people didn't, Father Greg Boyle told us about fishing for people in the chaos of the poorest project, housing project in L.A., He said that in 1988, he buried his first gang member. And two weeks ago, he buried his 227th gang member. It was the worst project with eight of the worst gangs in uh, L.A. all coming together and killing each other. And there's drugs and there's sex. And there wasn't much rock and roll because they didn't have time for it because they were killing each other. And as a young Catholic pastor in the middle of that project he decided to fish in the depths of the chaos of that project. And so now he has homeboys industries running. They have bakeries and they have all kinds of different, I think eight or nine different industries. And those industries are run by ex-gang members and leaders who probably have done quite a number of years in jail before they get to work for homeboys industries. It was at times raw and hard to listen to. Three homeboys, Steve and Hector and Jose, told us their stories. Stories of rejection from their parents, from being beaten by their parents, from being watching their parents shooting up drugs um, in the room beside them to all kinds of horrific stuff that they then got involved in themselves. Family members being shot dead. All kinds of stuff in the depths of the chaos of their lives, we heard it loud and clear. And yet before us were three men who without question had been fished out of the depth of the chaos and were utterly redeemed by what Father Greg calls compassionate kinship, grace of God. The highlight for me was when one of them was sharing their story and they were out in parole. And they had decided on this particular parole that they were going to get themselves sorted. But they didn't know how to get themselves sorted because the depth of the darkness of the chaos that they were swimming in didn't have the options to say, oh, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll go off to school now and get my life sorted out. There wasn't any of that infrastructure around this guy that could find a way out. But somebody told him about homeboy ministries or homeboy industries and he rang up. And the guy that answered the phone said, you're looking for a job. Let me ask you four questions. Now, we've all been in interviews. So let's consider the last interview you were at and this particular interview. I'm going to ask you four questions. The first question is, 
Have you ever done a crime? Yes. The second question I want to ask is, have you ever done time in jail for it? Yes. The third question I want to ask you is, are you finished jail or are you out on parole? Parole. Last question. Have you any tattoos? And he pulled down his shirt and there's tattoos all over him. And he said, yes. And the guy said, okay, you've got the job. Isn't that brilliant? Isn't that brilliant? There's an upside down kingdom. There's a fishing in the depths. 20 minutes later, he was at Homeboy Ministries and he'd got himself a job. But the the fascinating thing when they came to Homeboy Industries and they walked in because all the gang members that had been redeemed are all in the room and they haven't got rid of their tats and they still look like boys I wouldn't like to mess with out the back of Skenos on a Sunday night. And they come in and he could see the guys who you would have been killing just earlier the week before or the year before or a couple of years before. And then they would have talked about how a gang member comes across and shows that radical kinship that grace of God to them and how that was that which transformed them into who they were today. I don't know what Father Greg's on, but I would like a drink of it. Now, for me, the evangelical Protestant from Balamina, I would have liked a little bit more biblical and I would have liked a little bit more about fall and redemption. But I didn't really need it because in front of me, were people who'd lived in the depth of the darkness of chaos and were now redeemed. I will make you fishers of people. That is what we want to achieve. Those are the kind of things we want to achieve. Another question this week, by the way, was are you starting to see People coming to your church that are different than the ones that come already. That might be the most profound one. That might be telling us whether we're fishing in the depths of the chaos or on the surface. Or maybe, sadly at times, I wonder at all. The depths of the chaos of broken people. Jesus sends us. To fish for such people. Then on Friday night, we watched a film that was filmed here, actually. Uh, Most of the filming of the interviews were done right here in Fitzroy and some up here and some were done in my office, but the lighting was bad, so we didn't get to show those bits. And those were the bits Father Martin was in and he got a £60 ticket for being in them and then they cut it. He felt a bit bad about that. So uh, be easy on him the next time you see him. He was a bit gutted he wasn't in, but it was something to do with the lighting. But this was three people who told us again about the depths of the chaos of their lives. Beryl Quigley comes to the door to see her husband off to work and two guys come round the corner and shoot him dead right in front of her and little Gail runs back into the house at the same time. She said she didn't even have to go and look at Bill because she knew he was dead already. That's the chaos of one life. Alan McBride, on a Saturday afternoon, he leaves his wife off in the morning to the shankle to work in the fish shop that her father runs. There's a bomb in the shankle. He said, I didn't need to think about it. It happens all the time. It's not going to affect me. But by the time he got there, they took him to the hospital and they brought out a ring. And they said, do you recognize this ring? And he said, I do. And they said, that was found in the body of a young woman dead in the rubble. Or Eugene Reevy 
who when his, most of his brothers were out one night, three of them were left in the house and in came gunmen and shot three of them. Two of them died on the spot and Anthony died a month later due to complications after the shooting. Worse than that, though we didn't talk about it on Friday night, Ian Paisley called him the killer of the King's Mills massacre in Parliament on political privileges at one stage. So as well as losing his three brothers in an awful gun attack, he was then vilified as the person that supposedly took out um, ten Protestants the next night in King's Mills. They weren't even um, IRA supporters. Uh, They had nothing to do with it. But for years and still now, the poison is that Eugene had something to do with that and he didn't. There's depths of chaos. There's the chaos of the land that we're brought up in. And yet in front of us again were three people who somehow had trolled the depth of the chaos to find some sense of forgiveness or moving on. What are we here to do? What's our job? Our job is to be those in our society who find ourselves plummeting into the depths of the darkness of the chaos around us with a radical kinship and grace and compassion. And Greg put beautifully, a spacious God where people might find redemption, restoration, Recreation, And here's the thing, guys. I'm quoted on the film on Friday night, that quote that I come up with somewhere that I'm glad I come up with, but I think it must have been inspired of it and was that said, we're not getting peace and reconciliation dripping down from Stormont. It's going to have to flow up the hill to Stormont. The answer to our society is not in Sinn Féin and the DUP meeting But Michelle, Arlene, for goodness sake, meet. The key is, the key is that God sent Peter and sends us into the depths of the darkness to bring light. And you've heard me say it before. Don't blame the depths of the darkness for being dark. Got to blame the light for not shining. So as we sum up this morning, we want to think, what are the depths of darkness around us? Have we the courage to do what Peter was called to do? What the church was set off to do from this moment? The church, God's people on earth, He who rules, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, the whole earth is full of his glory, sends me and you to plummet the depths of the chaos of the darkness to say, you're loved. I'm going to love you. You can be redeemed by the radical kinship, the wonderful grace, And the love of God that demonstrated itself to us and that while we were sinners in the depths of the darkness, Christ died for us.